Somos Real Latinos. Hola y bienvenidos a Real Latinos. My name is Ismael. This is Ron. Hola. And this is Guti. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó, mi gente? And we are Real Latinos, a podcast covering Latin American movies because nobody else will. How's everyone doing? Ron, how you been? How's your Terrible. Week? Oh, gosh. Heard you're sick. Yeah. Um, not at 100% right now, but that's okay. You, yeah. you guys will lift me up. Gosh. How about you, Guti? You doing all right? You uh no i'm not sick i'm just i'm, I'm tired you know works i'm just been, fucking work, sick bro <laughs> work's <laughs> yeah. been uh yeah work's been hectic and uh just got out of class like 30 minutes ago so mm. but i'm ready yeah uh with me i've been watching a couple of uh latin american adjacent movies or latin american movies just straight up uh i caught this really cool movie that's currently in theaters called satanic hispanics um really really cool like anthology movie it's a horror anthology some are really great and some are really not great so that's what you get like with a, <laughs> uh, unfortunately with a mixed bag of like anthology movies but um uh, my favorite one of the anthology is the director demian rugna and demian he made this movie in argentina called terrified um aterrados and it's um it's been on my watch list forever and i actually wanted to choose this for the show um so maybe maybe i will choose this for the show who knows wink wink nudge nudge but um yeah i had a really great time with satanic hispanics that was pretty cool i also caught uh a million miles away uh which is directed by um <clears throat> alejandra marquez abella Uh, she's recently the director of El Norte Sobre el Vacío over one of our, uh, in our Ariel Awards episode. Um, and yeah, she does a really great job with this. It's a pretty like standard biopic stuff. So, you know, it is what it is sometimes, but I, I really liked it. It stars Michael Pena and it's over on Amazon Prime Video. And uh, lastly, I watched uh, La Memoria Infinita. Oh my gosh. Um, this is directed by Maite Alberdi. Uh, Maite, she recently, a couple of years ago, had uh, the movie um, El Agente Topo, The Mole Agent. It's a doc. She's a documentarian, and um, this doc documentary is actually about. It's like a news person. <laughs> uh, uh, Augusto Gongara is a, a Chilean news person during the reign of uh, Augusto Pinochet, actually. Um, but it's not about that. It's about like him in his older life and um, him going through Alzheimer's. And I gotta say. Alzheimer's movies make me so sad and I get so scared and I cried. I cried like a little baby because it's um, incredibly well done because Mike is a fantastic director, but also just like the, the, the idea of the movie and like the, the idea of Alzheimer's in movies. I just get really scared. I don't know anyone with Alzheimer's myself or dementia, uh, thankfully, but um, yeah, it's just something that I'm very, very, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I'm like, I'm rationally worried about it or just like, it's okay to worry about this, but I just get really worried. And, um, yeah, I watched that. I cried like a baby, caught that in theaters. And if you can catch that, I highly suggest it. I gave it four and a half stars. So yeah, that's what I've been up to this week. This week, we will be covering a new movie that came out this year. 
It just came out last week on the 15th of September of our Netflix. And we're being... Whoa. We will be covering El Conde, directed by Pablo Larraín, a Chilean director. Uh, you may know his work uh, with uh, Spencer that came out two years ago, or Jackie back from 2016. Um, but uh, yeah, amazing Chilean director. And we're going to go ahead and talk about El Conde. So if you want to listen to this episode, we will be covering spoilers. So please, please, please go and watch the movie El Conde. It's available on Netflix and once you're done, you can come on right back and listen to this episode, which will contain all sorts of spoilers. So with that, Guti, why don't you go ahead and take it away for our historical context. El Conde, which translates literally in English to the Count, is a rich and dark political history. This horror satire is based on the life of Augusto Pinochet, who is a Chilean military officer and dictator who ruled Chile from 1973 to 1990. Pinochet joined the Chilean army in 1935 and subsequently in 1956 attended the School of Americas, where he received training in military tactics and leadership. As you may remember from our Blue Beetle episode, the School of Americas was, was known for its role in training military officers from various Latin American countries, including those who later became involved in human rights abuses and authoritarian regimes. Based on documents released over the years, it has been found that the training provided at the School of Americas contributed to the development of repressive tactics and human rights violations in several Latin American countries, including Chile under Pinochet's rule. When Pinochet attended the school, it was located in Panama, but it was eventually expelled from the country in 1984 and moved to Fort Benning in Georgia. Multiple attempts have been made through legislation in the U.S. to shut down the school since then, but all it has resulted is in a couple of cosmetic changes. The school is now known as the Western Hemisphere Institute for Security Cooperation, and Fort Benning has now been renamed for more. Pinochet quickly rose through the rankings and became a general in 1973. On September 11, 1973, Pinochet led a military coup against the democratically elected socialist president Salvador Allende. Allende died during the coup, and Pinochet assumed power as the head of a military junta. During his regime, Pinochet's government engaged in widespread human rights violations, including torture, forced disappearances, and extrajudicial killings. Thousands of people were imprisoned and tortured for their political beliefs, and many were killed or went missing. Pinochet's secret police, known as the National Intelligence Directorate, DINA, played a significant role in these human rights abuses, many of which were carried out at Via Grimaldi, which you may have heard mentioned in the film. In addition, during his regime, Pinochet implemented a series of economic reforms known as Chicago Boys Policies, which aimed to liberalize the economy and reduce state intervention. These policies led to economic growth, but also increased inequality and poverty. Though they were never personal friends, Pinochet shared some political similarities with former UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Dubbed as the Iron Lady for her uncompromising politics and leadership style, Thatcher and Pinochet both held conservative ideologies and implemented free market economic policies in their respective countries. They were known for their strong opposition to socialism and their belief in limited government intervention in the economy. Thatcher's economic reforms in the UK, known as Thatcherism, and Pinochet's implementation of neoliberal policies in Chile were seen as parallel movements. 
After the coup in 1973, Thatcher, who was the leader of the opposition at the time against Allende, expressed support for Pinochet's regime, viewing it as a bulwark against communism. She famously referred to Pinochet as a friend of Britain during a visit to Chile in 1999. In 1988, Pinochet held a referendum to extend his rule for another eight years. However, the majority of Chileans voted against his continuation in power, and he was forced to step down in 1990. He was succeeded by democratically elected President Patricio Alewin. After leaving office, Pinochet faced numerous legal challenges for his human rights abuses. He was arrested in 1998 in London on charges of human rights violations, following a request by a Spanish judge seeking his extradition. Thatcher publicly defended Pinochet, arguing that he should be released and returned to Chile, citing his role in combating communism. She viewed his arrest as an attack on the principle of national sovereignty. Thatcher's support for Pinochet became controversial. She faced criticism for a perceived indifference to these human rights violations and her reluctance to condemn Pinochet's actions. Ultimately, Pinochet was not extradited to Chile due to health reasons. However, he would return to Chile in 2000. Several attempts were once again made to convict Pinochet, but just as those attempts were beginning to have serious bite, Pinochet passed away of a heart attack on December 10, 2006, without ever facing trial for his crimes. Pinochet's legacy remains highly controversial in Chile, while some view him as a savior who saved the country from communism and brought economic stability, others see him as a brutal dictator responsible for the suffering of thousands of Chileans. The wounds of his regime's human rights abuses continue impacting Chilean society to this day. P.S. Someone really did spit on the window of his open casket while it lay in repose. Woo, yeah, thank you so much, Guti, for that wonderful historical context. Uh, another thing that we're also going to be adding to this episode, because this this movie is so closely tied to that of um, of uh, Augusto Pinochet, we will be linking in our show notes a YouTube video about the life of Augusto Pinochet from basically his uh, early days, upbringings, and all the way up until his death. So um, make sure to go check that out. Uh, because it might provide, you know, a bunch of missing gaps that you may have been confused by by this movie. But um, all right. So if you want to get that uh, extra bonus hit of historical context, go ahead and check out that YouTube video. Now, Ron, why don't you go ahead and take it away and give us a synopsis for El Conde. Claude Pinoche is a vampire masquerading as a soldier during the French Revolution. After the execution of Marie Antoinette, he fakes his death, reappearing periodically under various aliases to suppress revolutions across the globe. He eventually rises to power as Chilean General Augusto Pinochet, overthrowing the socialist government and becoming dictator for 30 years. When authorities attempt to put him on trial for human rights violations, he fakes his death again and retires to a remote farm. Now, 20 years later, in extreme old age, his lack of will worries his wife Lucia and butler Fyodor. Fyodor, also a vampire, dons Pinochet's military uniform and begins hunting for victims, leading Pinochet's children to believe that their father has returned to full strength. Greedy for their inheritance, the Pinochet children hire a nun named Carmen to exercise and kill their father under the guise of a tax audit. Instead, 
Armin falls under Pinochet's spell, becoming a vampire herself in the process. Pinochet's newfound devotion to Carmen prompts the arrival of Pinochet's mother, the vampire Margaret Thatcher. That's right, you heard that correctly, Margaret Thatcher. Carmen reveals that she has been playing Pinochet and that she is there on a mission from the Roman Catholic Church. Before she can escape, Theodore captures and guillotines Carmen and burns all of her work. Lucia, Theodore, and the Pinochet children attempt to kill Pinochet and Thatcher, but Pinochet kills Lucia and Theodore. Pinochet and Thatcher rejuvenate themselves by eating vampire hearts and fly off into the moonlight, leaving the farm in ruins. Thank you so much, Ron, for yet another wonderful synopsis. And uh, let's go ahead and go roundtable style about what our respective histories are with um, this director or this cast, because this is a new film. And um, I'll go ahead and get started. I am a big fan of Pablo Larraín, the director. I've seen many of his movies. Uh, one of his, my favorite of his is that of, it's called No. No, uh, back from 2012, it stars Gal Garcia Bernal. This could be an episode in the future, but um, yeah, I love that movie, and it's also about like this era of uh, Augusto Pinochet's reign, and um, yeah, overall, I just uh, I really vibe with uh, Pablo's directing style. I think um, he's been evolving for all of these years, and he's I just feel like he's been getting better and better, and um, not to spoil anything, but. Uh, is this his best film yet? Who knows? We'll we'll see <laughs> as we go along in this episode. Um, Guti, how about you? Do you have any uh, past experience with this director or anyone in this cast? Yeah, so with the director for sure. Um, last year was it last year? I watched, uh, or maybe two years ago, uh, I watched Spencer, um, mm-hmm. which is the film that's kind of based off of like you know Princess Diana and stuff. Uh, funny enough, I took my my parents to go see that movie with me. Uh, my mom loved it. My dad fell asleep during it. Don't know mm-hmm. what that means. Just needed to throw that <laughs> out there. Um, but yeah, ever since I saw that film, I've been a big fan of his. I haven't seen many of his other movies, but I've, you know, I think based off of watching this one, uh, it's definitely a, a journey that I'll want to go on soon. And mm. yeah, I mean, I, I really like the fact that he mixes in kind of history to kind of make these uh, these points, you know. So big guy big guy and i'm looking forward to uh looking at more or seeing more more of his pictures and ron how about you yeah same um i've i saw spencer um which i didn't know at the time was apparently a fairly polarizing film like i think was kind of a love it or hate it Hmm. uh thing looking at your guys's letterbox i think we're all in the same uh range uh, in the same vein of like you know yeah like I think we all liked it pretty good, but um, I know a lot of people that flat out hated it, which I, I didn't really understand why. But, um, but yeah, that's the only thing of his uh, that I've seen. And the only um, members of the cast that I'm familiar with are the ones that were in that movie as well. So um, this is all pretty new to me. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah, I remember watching Spencer. I watched it with uh, Jackie. and she's uh, It was back when she was watching The Crown. So she was very in touch with all the the ins and outs of the royal family and um she she did not really like spencer that much but i thought it was cool yeah um anyways this is not a spencer podcast this is an el conde podcast so um um yeah so uh, okay 
All right, so let's get into the major points for this movie. And the first thing that we'd like to highlight is um, the narrative stylings of this film and how uh, Pablo Larraín is um, attempting to tell this story. And it's by putting this military dictator as a vampire, a 250-year-old vampire who is from France and comes all over to uh, South America and to Chile um, I mean, it's an incredibly bold move, <laughs> I think. And as I think, I think it's an a incredibly interesting move. And I'm going to be honest. I don't think that this move would work as well if um, Augusto Pinochet's early life was not boring as heck. Because, <laughs> so, uh, um, sure. uh, and I mean, uh, it, in Latin American history, we know that like uh, uh, Pinochet is basically like obviously this crazy dictator, but his early life like has no suggestions of him looking for power no suggestions like he was an incredibly just like mediocre kind of guy you know just day in day out military person and um i think because of that uh pablo larraín could kind of take liberties with his origin story you know being from france and then um being this 250 year old vampire you can just give him as much backstory as you want as um as this vampire because there's really nothing to play off of uh in his real early life so i thought that was really interesting uh ron uh what are your thoughts on the on the narrative stylings of of this movie yeah um it was crazy dude um <laughs> yeah <laughs> i you know, again i i'd seen spencer which um is a lot more subdued than this but like i i dug that it's kind of framed as like it's essentially a christmas carol um right and uh which i really dug um and so this one, it's like it's it's basically Dracula, um, yeah. And I, I and I mean I, I I knew going in that it was going to be him as a vampire, but like there there are a lot of really really like wild bold swings taken in this, particularly the um the the Margaret Thatcher reveal. Oh, um, I yeah. think is is the is the biggest thing, um, at least mm -hmm. for me anyway. Um, and I kind of like I started seeing where it was going because she narrates the the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but uh. Uh, it took me a while to realize until like right before they revealed who it was that was doing the narration. Um, but yeah, it's um, like Pablo Lorraine, he's like, I don't know enough of the political context to know exactly what statements he's, he's attempting to make. Um, but uh, they're, they're, I can tell that they're pretty bold statements and they're definitely, <laughs> The, the whole time I was just like, Jesus, imagine if he released this movie when Pinochet was still alive. Ooh, like, baby. I, even now, I'm like, dude, does this guy even still live in Chile? Like, I'm like kind of concerned <laughs> about like, uh, uh, you know, because yeah, Pinochet depicting, he, yeah, <laughs> de yeah, depicting someone of his stature in the way that is depicted in this movie is, you know, um, Balls yeah, to like, the I, I can just, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, I can just, you know, I'm not going to name any political figures, but just like think of any semi-controversial American political figure and like it, it would be chaos if someone made a movie like this, putting someone that was like a former president or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I just I thought it was such a crazy bold take and to like a lot of it really reminded me of like like 30s and 40s universal monster movies, just mm -hmm. like with the with the violence and, and stuff amped up to 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 a thousand that was another thing too like i was expecting it to be like a horror-esque movie but um yeah the uh 
the, the acts of, of violence, it's not like, um, it's not violent throughout, but there are moments of gruesomeness that are very, the very gruesome when they do happen. The opening was way more gory than I ever expected. Yeah. I thought it was very effective, but uh-huh. it was also like, to me, it just came out of nowhere because like yeah. Pablo's previous work suggests not at all that he would be like this. Right. And um, it was just amazing i gotta say yeah i, th- I think it's it, it reminded me a lot of pan's labyrinth to be honest with you like yeah uh, because that one it's like there's all the fantastical stuff and everything but there's like three or four moments of like severe severe violence out of nowhere that really take you by surprise when and, he and it's, beats it's, you know, in the face of that person at the very beginning yeah. i was literally just like like saying no to my scream like no 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 ah! and i was just like shaking my hand in front of it just like it was just the yeah, it, he definitely got a, a reaction out of me. I mean, Pablo, that was insane. I again, I had no clue that he was going to go this hard. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I I totally agree with you, Ron. And in terms of the whole like Margaret Thatcher thing, um, I'm gonna be honest, I kind of did see that coming. Not because of um, I didn't read any spoilers on this or anything, but I knew like in in past history, like uh, Pinochet when he was over in um London. And he was basically starting to get tried for like all the all the crazy stuff he did. Um, mm-hmm. Margaret Thatcher was like, "No, he's a homie. Like the, he didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's only because he helped out with like the Falcon Wars." And um, right. So like I like when I like I remember at the very beginning I was very confused. I was like, "Is this movie like not in Spanish? What's going on here?" I had to yeah, go and I was double very check. confused too. Um, but then like after a while, I started realizing, okay, so it's, it is definitely supposed to be in English. And I was like, "Does he just want to be like?" like getting into like the American or like UK market could because of like his previous movies, you know, with Spencer and Jackie and stuff. Um, like, does he want to do that? And I was like, Oh no, wait, it's British. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I, I know what's going on here. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I found that out like halfway through the movie, but, um, uh, yeah, bold choice, incredible choice. I should, I, I should say, I no. really, really enjoyed that. Um, making him his mom also. Yes. Incredible yeah. swing. <laughs> like I didn't, I did not see that coming whatsoever. Um, but uh yeah we'll we'll get into it but um good lord uh and then like having him want to like or like having margaret thatcher want to like run away with him was like Ugh. very weird but it also makes sense because uh i was up in he is like a mama's boy like he was like documented as being a very big mama's boy and um nope. it just makes sense like it, it it makes double sense like making her the mom because one um he was a mama's boy like in general but two because of that connection that um, Margaret Thatcher and Pinochet have in real life it was just incredible and like the way that like it connects with like the idea of like old ideas and conservatism and like I don't know we'll get into it but it, I think it's insane um, Guti what are your thoughts on the um, the the narrative stylings of this movie no I mean I agree it's a he takes a lot of wild wild um, swings here um, yeah for me it's like obviously because it's you know done in black and white um, very much like Ron was saying, it's like uh, kind of like has that gothic horror style to it. Um, it's in a, it, it's basically history in, imbued, infused into kind of a fable slash parable, um, which is, I mean, essentially that's kind of what he also did in, in Spencer, which is the other one that I've seen. And, and I kind of like him using that narrative method to not totally for it to be based in reality but kind of partially kind of have this magical you know realism reality around it so i think that kind of helps you know blunt a little bit some of these blows um from it totally being like dude really come on 
Um, <laughs> but still, I mean, there's the moment where Margaret Thatcher is like, I think she's drinking something and she's like, uh, South America. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like that's, that's ridiculous. I can't believe she just said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another wild swing that we haven't even talked about, uh, as well is the fact that like, you know, she sleeps with this woman who's supposed to be kind of like this nun slash accountant. Were- so it's kind of like this wild take of how like Catholicism and basically the state can have you know, aid in a bed and, and basically fascism. Mm-hmm. So I, I like, I, and I, and I thought that was pretty freaking wild. Um, wild especially swing. given the context <laughs> of Latin America and how prevalent Catholicism is there and how it's still pretty much the, the majority religion there. Um, and then I know Ron mentioned also kind of like the, the universal horror movies from the thirties and forties, but the movie that was most familiar to me is, you know, online I was seeing that a lot of people have been mentioning, you know, the passion of Joan of Arc, obviously with the nun, but for me, I think it's more related to vampire, which is another Dreyer film. Um, so Dreyer did these silent films back in, I think like the early twenties, maybe late twenties. I think, I think actually vampires like in the, in the early thirties, but I mean, a lot of the shots in here, um, I feel like are more prevalent to that film than they are Joan of Arc. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, plenty, plenty of swings here that are really wild, like, especially showing Thatcher. I don't know what the politics are in Britain. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I don't know what her, you know, what the public. She's like a very conservative sort of figure in the UK. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I know that I know that I guess I know the politics, but I don't know what the public sentiment is on that. Oh, oh, yeah. The way he portrays her here. I was thinking to myself, like, well, like, what are people going to think in Britain when they see this? Like, mm-hmm. so um, just as much, as, uh, just as much as Chile, because Chile is still very mixed on who they, you know, what they think of Pinochet. Yeah. Um, like I talked about in my historical context, but um, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed also like bringing in that like uh, that Catholic aspect to it because I, it also like comes in like incredibly well in terms of like actual history behind it because um the catholic church was known to like uh help out those that were like seeking asylum inside of pinochet's regime but at the same time like taking advantage of the regime and getting like any sort of funds or anything that like that can like help the church get ahead and putting that on the film on, on the movie i was just like wow pablo he is uh he is poking all the bears. Like he's ready. He's ready to throw down. It's incredible. Um, I, I mean, and, and it's the biggest one to poke. Yeah, poke, you know, poke I'm, with, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. <laughs> uh, I mean, because I mean, like international I, I'm religion realist. and his own country's like most recent like huge huge leader. It's insane. Pablo's insane, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it. It was. Uh, it was quite wild, and I would say that like. You know, Catholicism gets poked at because you know it's always the biggest one. It's and it's Latin America here, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's overall too. It's it's just an indictment kind of of religion, and mm-hmm. you know, we're not mm-hmm. going to get into a religion debate here, but it's, it's pretty well. <laughs> yeah, this is not a religion or a political <laughs> podcast, but uh, you know, uh, Margaret Thatcher, uh, all that stuff. It's I think it's incredible. Like, yeah, the narrative styling here is just outstanding i absolutely love it um let's also talk about the cinematography since we're already in like this whole like idea of like the narrative styling and then like the filmmaking aspects i think the cinematography here is outstanding the black and white really really 
really works well for me here. Um, I love when uh, we see our vampire flying out in the city in Santiago. Mm -hmm. Absolutely incredible. Or um, one shot that like comes up in my mind is uh, when um, it wasn't actually, I mean, it's revealed in the movie that it's not uh, Pinochet, but it's the, uh, Fyodor. When Fyodor is uh, drinking blood uh, in that boat, and like you just see his silhouette like next to the mast i think it looks outstanding like honestly he really knocked it out of the park with this one um i really want to shout out the cinematographer here uh, edward lockman uh edward lockman of um the virgin suicides fame and uh carol is, that the, is, is, is that the same cinematographer as spencer no it is not no um, it's a different one yeah okay. it's a different one okay. but he did like, this cinematographer is the same one as selena which is uh, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's very wild. Yeah. Very wild. Yeah, crazy, crazy, uh, <laughs> crazy differences here. Um, but yeah, I just think, um, I also think that it was a very smart choice to do black and white, not just because of like the gothic feel of like the vampire, but also because if we see all that blood, all that red, it would, I think it might've been too much, you know, like yeah. um, seeing that battered face um, probably would have been way too much at the beginning, but having it black and white, it's a lot more, um, tolerable i would say um yeah but uh yeah um guti you want to talk anything about the the cinematography here oh yeah i mean it, for me it was like out of this world and, and you know i gotta take my victory lap this is the third straight movie we've done that's black and white so you know i gotta, <laughs> I gotta take my victory lap here uh but yeah no i thought i thought the cinematography was outstanding uh like i mentioned before i know a lot of people um, or you know things that I've read on the internet are kind of drawing parallels to Joan of Arc um, but I saw a lot of the same framing and shot compositions um, more aligned with Vampire which is a later film that Carl uh, Theodore Dreyer did and for me I think why I like the black and white choice here is it's almost like an absence of life so if there were to be color in this film, it's kind of like, you know, there's, there's life everywhere and, and really all these kind of unjust things that these people have been doing kind of sucks the life out of the, the picture itself. Um, so I think that's a really good decision to do black and white. And it also reminded me of, um, so I watched this really great documentary um, behind the scenes uh, making of uh, Roma with Alfonso Cuaron. Oh yeah, Roma. he was Roma. talking about how he picked to do black and white there um, because he basically did like a digital black and white and that's what Larain has basically done here and this he said that the reason and I'm you know paraphrasing here but the reason that he had did, done a digital black and white is it's because you're looking at the past but it doesn't kind of have that fuzz you know that you would see like in an older film from like the 40s and 50s it's very clear and crisp mm -hmm. so it's almost like you're looking at the past with modern eyes and so for me, I would totally remembered that while I was watching this and I was like, oh, it totally makes sense. Like we're seeing all these actions that Pinochet has done. And now us as the audience members with all kind of this hindsight, well, you know, if we're in tune with Latin American history, uh, can judge with our own moral sensibilities all that this man has done. Um, so I thought it was a fantastic decision to go with black and white. Mm -hmm. Ron? Yeah, you guys have kind of basically said everything that's... Um that I feel, I think, you know, it, it looked gorgeous. Um, and I do, I think the black and white was, uh, was a good choice both, uh, because it, it did take a bit of the edge off the violence, um, which I think was, you know, um, was the right way to go because it, you know, it still allowed it to depict how severe it was without it being 
I guess too repulsive, like without it, you know, um, taking mm-hmm. over too much. Um, but also to me, it like, it kind of, um, it made it seem, I guess, dreamlike. So I could kind of like suspend disbelief, I guess, a little bit more about like, okay, this is, this obviously isn't like, he's not trying to say that this is actually, you know, um, the real story of, of, of Pinochet and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and Thatcher and stuff. This is, it's all, you know, like allegory. Um, I think, um, if it were in, in full color, I don't, I don't know why, but, um, I think it's, it would be a, a little, I guess a little too in, in your face and, and, and on the nose. And I think, um, on top of that too, yeah, like, like you said, Ismail, like the, the flying scenes were, um, were definitely my favorite part. Just mm-hmm. like it, um, it's, it's just got an old timey feel to it that I really dug. Um, and again, like I'm such a big fan of like those old, like classic universal monster movies. So anytime anything evokes something like that, I'm all about it. Yeah. Oh man. What a, yeah, but, uh, but as much as like to like that, you know, it's allegory, um, you know, the, the, the stuff that's being depicted and talked about here is very real. Like I want to awesome. make, <laughs> make sure that that's, you know, that that's clear too, that this, you know, stuff that's happening and they're talking about is very much something um that was done during pinochet's regime um so yeah anyways yeah i guess yeah like we're not suggesting that he was actually a vampire and he wasn't actually uh, Mark <laughs> well, yeah, kid. Uh, well, yes, he, well yeah obviously he was every good. bit the monster that he's depicted if not more so yeah crazy monster <laughs> dude like blending yeah, I mean, hearts definitely... to drink them jesus i mean like, it's it's crazy but yeah well yeah i mean he did he did go around basically he did have someone who would carry out all his orders right um so you know he had dina right which was like kind of his military group that he would have go around killing different things and at some point we see fjord do that as well and put on the cape himself so yeah i mean i'm not saying it's word for word i don't think i was saying that but yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty wild it's absolutely wild and I'm here for it. Way to go, Pablo Larraín, with that cinematography, uh, and also, yeah, of course, Edward Lockman. I mean, what a what a duo here! Fantastic work, fantastic work. Uh, now let's talk about the man, the myth, the vampire, Augusto Pinochet, because I mean, obviously, this revolves around his life, uh, and it's just I think there's so many great. Um, whether they be Easter eggs or whether they be like flat out um, saying it to the camera, but there's so much information thrown at you about Pinochet and like the way he ran his regime. I think it's insane. And I think it's incredibly well done in my opinion. Um, For example, uh, when they're having that funeral uh, for him, when he, well, first of all, he fakes his death, which is like really great to do because just like in real life, when he was about to go on trial, um, you know, he dies. It's it's insane. And um uh I think that was a great touch. And then secondly, when they're in his funeral, having the Nazis do like that heil at him, I mean, really? it's like literally one what? second and that's it. But I mean, it shows that you know Pinochet did have Nazis in in Chile. Uh in our past episode of uh the Wolf House, La Casa Lobo, um, it talks about like one of those camps right and like that or like one of those uh colonies that they had there and i I just think it's um absolutely insane that they have that um i also think that having like the servant 
uh, or Fyodor, uh, having gone to the School of the Americas is very, like, um, obviously, uh, like, very intentional, but also, like, making him the the leader mm. of uh, Villa Grimaldi, which was, uh, again, in Chilean history, absolutely insane. They electrocuted people there. They tortured so many people. They had, like, done major, like, violations in there. Um, I don't want to get too into it, but if you want to go look about, like, Villa Grimaldi, it's... um. Very disturbing, but it's um very important to know. And like they they talk about many of those things in this movie. Um, so yeah, I just think uh they do they do a great job. Even the point like of saying that uh Lucia like it was her idea of actually like doing that revolution that like el golpe del del, del estado. Um, because in real life, uh, I mean it's not like a hundred percent confirmed, but uh, I think they did confirm that uh, Pinochet did say that like oh. If it wasn't for like Lucia's strong opinion for it, then he probably would not have done it. And um, I just think that's insane. Like I think it's so insane. I can keep on going, but I, I'll, I'll pass the baton off. Uh, Ron, do you want to say anything about um, our vampire here? Yeah, I guess um, looking specifically looking on at some of the reviews on Letterboxd. Um, like I'm none of us are Chilean. No. Um, and and again, like I, you know. Everything I know about Chilean history and Chilean politics could be, you know, summed up in like one, you know, community college lecture and then a handful of YouTube videos. Um, I, uh, so I'm not as close to this as um, people from Chile um, probably are. And I know I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of negative reviews, specifically like, I guess just talking about like, like painting this character in this is in this light is kind of like making light loves mm-hmm. of him and 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 all the and the situation and all that a, stuff. atrocities really yeah. that he you know um, that that were carried out um, either by him or on his orders um, and like I I understand that um, I think um, uh, I I think it's clear that Lorraine is not a fan you know this isn't like a love letter to um to uh Augusto Pinochet. Um but um I, I do understand that this is quite a sensitive topic and like and, and I was, you know, a little um I, I was thinking about it the whole time I was watching. I'm one that um like I I love horror movies and stuff. Um but I have a hard time uh with with things say like Zodiac or um mm, like real yeah, okay, life so, stuff yeah um because like because at the end of the day the those were real people um and the way it's depicted matters um and so so like for example i'm a big tarantino guy uh i did not go see once upon a time in hollywood when it came out in the Mm. theater because i you know there for anyone that hasn't seen it there's there's kind of a twist on that story but like you know i know how that story ends and i didn't know um, what Tarantino was going to do with that. And I didn't want to see those historical acts depicted in, in a exploitative way. Um, so, uh, I tend to avoid stuff like that. And like, that was kind of in the back of my mind while watching this. Um, whereas like it's in my opinion, it's, it's darkly comedic a lot. And, and like the dark comedy know, here is very, uh, <laughs> well done. I, I would, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like, it's poking fun at, Mm-hmm. Pinochet, mm-hmm. um, but um, but still, I, I understand the points of view of of some people that that feel like this is maybe a little too 
a little too soft. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that it makes it any more or less interesting than a straight biopic. Um, but, um, yeah, again, I'm, and I know the same conversations were talked about when, you know, when he did Spencer and stuff, but, um, I don't know, I guess like, what are, what are your guys' takes on, on, on this depiction of, of this, this man and, you know, like how, how it depicts him morally or like whether Lorraine has any moral obligation or anything towards it? Well, I'll be honest. I think that, uh, again, I'm not Chilean. I am very like, not, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say very well versed, but I am pretty well versed in like Chilean history and like the way that, um, and the way that like, it, it interacts with, uh, the Latin American history as a whole. But, um, I think that Pablo does a really great job of portraying, uh, Pinochet here because he portrays him as like this absolute monster. I mean, literally a monster of yeah. vampire. Right. Um, but on top of that, just like dude's a scumbag dude sucks uh he like is insane like he's cold-blooded he um also like makes him kind of a dunce right and like i understand like making someone a dunce might seem like make it feel like they're like like you said around making light of the situation but um i think like the the satire that's done here i think is fantastic i really do think that like the 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 dark comedy aspect of it all, I think Bella does a, an incredible job with. I think uh, portraying it this way, I think is also like a more palatable way for people to like start to see. Cause like, I'm sure that, you know, 90% of Americans or 99% of Americans will not know anything about Pinochet, right? Anything at all. And by portraying it like this in like, uh, I would say it's like a really entertaining, really uh, digestible way it kind of shows like in a satirical sense, just how monstrous this dude was, you know, like this dude was horrendous. Like he like crimes against humanity type stuff, lots of torture stuff. It's, um, it's crazy. And I think it really does like show that in the movie. Right. So, I mean, that, and then again, that's just my opinion, but uh, Guti, what do you think about, uh, uh, Pinochet's, um, portrayal here in this movie? Um, I don't know. I feel like anything that I say, it's just not gonna I mean I'm not Chilean you know if I was Nicaraguan and, and this was Ortega I could definitely see what Ron's talking about so I don't know I, I just you know I, I don't really have much of an opinion I guess what I'll say is as far as like the history goes um, and I know that there's parts of it that aren't historically accurate like he's not actually a vampire <laughs> uh, what? like <laughs> you know like what? Yeah. Uh but, you know, like, there's little details, like you were talking about, Ismail, like, for example, when that person spits on his open casket, like, that's something that actually happened yeah. in real life, right. because, you know, people did not like Pinochet for what we've mentioned, the human rights abuses, and kind of like what I alluded to in my historical context, like, you know, there was this huge economic growth in the country during his mm -hmm. rule, and that's why a lot of people liked him, but at the same time, all that economic growth was going towards the top 1%, and it was mm -hmm. increasing the inequality throughout the country. Um, so it just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough topic, um, and, I, and I think at some point in the movie, he even mentions that, like he says, like, oh, well, like, I, you know, I gained all this money, and I made all these mm -hmm. people rich, and he they did. don't appreciate yeah. me at all, you know? So, um, so, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think as much history as he can get in there he does i don't know personally I, I i don't again i don't also i also don't think he's saying like oh pinochet is like 
this awesome dude but you know i i don't know i feel it feels hard for me to kind of say like what i should be offended by or what i shouldn't be offended by or was it done in a distasteful matter just mm-hmm. because i'm i'm not chilean so i don't know that's that's kind of where i stand I, maybe that's a cop out but if i were to do like a one-to-one comparison in terms of like mexican history if they were to do something very similar to this but with like porfirio diaz i think that'd be incredible you know because i uh it's same thing with pinochet because Porfirio Diaz and Porfirio, again, this is not a Porfirio podcast, but, um, you know, very controversial figure, but also did have like a lot of economic growth in his time. Um, I do think that like, it might be a bit, obviously situations are different with uh, Porfirio Diaz and with Augusto Pinochet, um, specifically with like the whole CIA stuff with Pinochet, which is not touched on here at all, which I thought I would have loved. You know, I think that would have been like insane to like start adding CIA stuff, but I don't know if Netflix is like super keen on. Uh, I mean, they did. He they did mention at least like the bank accounts, right, that they had in the states and stuff. Yeah, that's definitely that's that's definitely a thing with with yeah. uh, at least the ones that I'm familiar with. You know, dictators um, that you know they have multiple bank accounts in the United States hidden under different names, mm-hmm. funds, etc. Yeah, they they're mentioned sh- they the, sent their children here for school yeah. and all that all that good stuff. So when they're kind of mentioning that about the family too, like I was like, "Oh, yep, yep, that's right." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, right. But I meant like more like the direct involvement of the CIA of like uh, but again, this goes into like the his, like the full <laughs> history around it, not just Pinochet. Um I guess like so one thing that would be directly tied with uh with Pinochet is because like he was like that counterpoint to Allende. Um uh, I don't know how much we want to get into that, but like, since he was like basically uh, taking out Allende and he was now in power, the CIA or in like the US was like, all right, cool, we're homies now. And then they started like helping out Chile more uh, in terms of like economic growth. But um, but yeah, I just think it's um, I think it's very well done. I wish there would have been more, but I also understand like you have to cut a movie, and at two hours is already like a bit long ish at times, and so. I understand why they wouldn't want to put everything in there. And I also think that like by explicitly calling out the CIA, I think it'd be a little much. Right. Or like, I think, I mean, the, the audio, yeah. I think yeah. like Netflix was not going to like let <laughs> Pablo do that because it's too, too much of a, like, it's okay to do it to the other country, but to the U S I, I don't know. Like they, they're a little, Hey, hey but Hey, but Netflix, Hey, got to give them credit. You know, they get, you know, I think it was Fyodor who mentioned the School of Americas the first time, uh, right? Fyodor, yeah. So Fyodor the was the one that was... They got that sh- and exactly. The, yeah, they got the and shot in there. The end, they got the shot of the School of Americas. They got it. They got it. It was so, incredible. You know, two, 2v1 against Blue Beetle. I know, but, uh, I know. <laughs> it's insane. Like, I really, really enjoyed, like, doing that. Because, and then, like, because then that's another thing, right? Like, by putting the School of the Americas, like, it's kind of like, if, if you know, you know. But they didn't, like, explain anything about the School of the Americas. Mm-hmm for but like everyone in latin america knows you know like it's la escuela de los asesinos like it's a very like very blatant to us but uh in the u.s context it's like if you know you know but like in the the like because if it because what i'm trying to say is because if it's a if you know you know type of deal uh i feel like pablo could like slip that under the rug and be like oh i'm gonna add this but like everyone in the u.s knows about the cia and then like if you say like oh the cia helped out like Porfirio Diaz, no Porfirio. Um, I'm getting getting my 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 fools mixed up. But if they put Augusto Pinochet, uh, help like helped out by the CIA, I think Netflix would be like, uh oh, <laughs> we can't put that. Um, so um, yeah, I, I I so what I'm trying to say is, I think the portrayal that they have here, really great, 
in my opinion. Um, the satire is fantastic. I lo- I really love the the interviewing scene uh, with uh, uh, Carmencita, where Carmen when she's like interviewing all the 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 kids um, and also Fyodor. Or the, I guess the whole family she's interviewing. Um, that whole interviewing sequence, fantastic. Like literally talking to the camera about all the atrocities that happened, all the briberies, all the corruption, all that. And like saying it to the camera, I thought was really well done. And on top of that, it's like really funny. Like, <laughs> like I I think like there was a lot of great one-liners in there. Like, like oh, my, that, that's not my father. My father doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> like, I thought that was really, really silly. Um, but overall, I just think they did. A fantastic job Pablo I think with this with the script I think it's pretty tight I think um you know at points you could see it as like talking to the audience with that whole interview scene and like maybe it's like a little on the nose but I feel like you kind of have to be on the nose at least for like the American audience and like with this American company who's distributing it um yeah I think it's I think it's really well done I also think it's hilarious that like he's like oh like they can call me an assassin sure but a thief Oh no! <laughs> like I, oh, I, of course I'm not a thief. And um, uh, in the in those interviews, I think I, uh, one of one of like my favorite quotes from this is um, when Carmen says, uh, "Los ladrones son los que roban lo ajeno. Usted utiliza el poder para enriquecer, enriquecerse," which uh, translates to thieves rob things that are not theirs, but you use your power to get yourself rich, which I thought was, I mean, very well done, very well done, Pablo. Um, and then, like for for uh, Pinochet to be the like, yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah, <laughs> like just, just to be like agreeing with that sort of thing is it's insane. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's incredible. Um, I have a question for y'all. Uh, what do y'all think like vampirism means in this context? Because we do have, um, we have Pinochet obviously as a vampire. We have Margaret Thatcher as a vampire. Uh, we have Lucia trying to be a vampire. We have Fyodor also being a vampire, thanks to Pinochet. Um, and then lastly, we have Carmen turning into a vampire, um, who obviously represents the Catholic Church in the sense. So um, did you all have any like uh, interpretations as to what the idea of vampirism means in this movie? Cause I we- mean, it's, it's kind of on the nose, but I mean, you know, you, yeah, you could be saying that, you know, politicians, dictators, the 1%, mm-hmm. however you want to put it, mm-hmm. you know suck the, yeah. the life force out of you know the the working class proletariat however right. however you want to put it right um you know and again i also too like i, I draw comparisons to to dracula because dracula was you know loosely based on on the historical figure vlad the impaler um and as i think there's a lot of similarities in that story and and, and pinochet's as well mm-hmm. yeah i i totally agree with that i also think it has to do with like specifically of like old ideas and old ideals and like conservatism and like ultra right wing ideals and how that can, I also think this is kind of like a cautionary tale in terms of like, you know, look at the atrocities that like this ultra right wing person did here are some red flags, you know, we should probably look out for this. Um, specifically, I mean, I don't know if y'all know about what's going on with Argentina right now, but you know, they've got, a new leader that might be coming into play who's not really super great. So uh, this is not a political podcast, but if you want to know more about it, uh, go check out to see what's going on in Argentina right now. But um, I think it's like a great cautionary tale in terms of like that whole deal. Um, Guti, your thoughts on uh, the idea of vampirism here? I mean, I think you guys covered it all. I mean, 
mm-hmm. bloodlust. Everyone has blood on their hands. Mm-hmm. Kind of what Ron said. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Power. This, this insane power, uh, I think is just, uh, insane. Um, so yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's pretty crazy. Uh, all right. So with that, I think that covers our major points for this film. So Guti, why don't you go ahead and give us your final thoughts and your rating for El Conde. Yeah. I thought this was, you know, excellent. I thought it was a really confident, um, it was a really confident movie, um, that's kind of like this, you know, like I said in the beginning, gothic horror fable slash, you know, political uh, parable, parable, right? So, um, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, always get points for me when it's in black and white, especially when it's used to this level of uh, of, of beauty, but also of having context and not just using it to use it, you know. Um, so I think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sitting at four stars for this film. Mm, very nice. I could have sworn you were going to get to that five-star territory, but I mean, um, yeah, this is great to hear. Great to hear. Four stars. Four stars is great from Guti. Um, Ron, how about you? Do you have any final thoughts and your rating for El Conde? Yeah. Um, mm, I, um, like I said, it's, it's a lot of bold swings and I, I, I like bold swings, whether whether they land or not. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that it, you know, 100% of this works. But um, again, like, it's a lot more interesting. And I think it's ultimately saying a lot more than um, if we're just a straight biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on uh, on that note, too, I, I feel like, again, I, I recognize that um, I have seen a lot of, like, one-star reviews from, um, from Chilean people. And... Uh, and I understand where they're coming from. Um, but to me, like it, it brought up, um, uh, it, it reminded me of, uh, when we covered like, uh, La Llorona. Mm. um, even though it's very stylistically different, I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's kind of in, in the same vein. And I mean, the character in that was a fictional character, but like, let's be real. It, it was, it was different Rios, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. in, in every way, except for, you know, naming him. And so, um, you know, they could have gone that route and then made this about a fictional dictator that everyone kind of knew. <laughs> right, right. You know, so, and honestly, again, like, off to Pablo Lorraine for just being like, look, yeah, this is Pinochet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I, uh, it looked gorgeous. I liked, um, I liked the dark humor aspects of it. I liked, um, I, I'm a big fan of satire. Um, so again, I don't, I don't know, uh, partially too, cause I'm, I'm sick. So I was sick when I was watching it. Oh. So, um, it, it would probably deserve a, a rewatch where I could like really, really pay attention to it. Um, but even with all that being said, like, I, I thought it was excellent, really well done. Um, so I'm, I'm a four stars as well. Mm, four stars from the both he is. All right. Um, for me, uh, I think the black and white pink combo is fantastic. I think it looks really really clean really well done um when pinochet and lucia are like dirty talking in front of their kids i thought that was really weird um did not see that coming um did not see pinochet coming but (laughs) anyways um the uh the little monquita the uh, carmen and how she's like all about that cheese man about like she wants to see like she even like straight up says like my whole deal here is to like cause confusion so that y'all can just like betray each other. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that, was, that was a uh, pretty well done. 
Um, and then also like her being like seduced by vampirism and the power is a critique of the Catholic church and stuff. Uh, very bold swing, as we said before, Thatcher being with Pinochet, I thought was incredible. Um, and I, again, like I said, this is very in line with history, uh, both how like Thatcher really liked Pinochet for helping with the Falkland Wars, but also about, uh, Pinochet being a major mama's boy. Uh, so that was really great. And I stand by hoping that they do something similar with, uh, Porfirio Diaz, because I think, uh, at least like for the Mexican history aspect of it, I think it'd be a very interesting, uh, parallel way of doing it. And again, different times, different generations, different, um, like there's a different idea to it and a different like uh attachment to the to the text because you know Pinochet literally just died or like not too long ago relatively right so yeah uh i watched this twice i really liked it the first time and the first time i gave it four and a half stars the second time i think i'm still at four and a half stars i don't think i'm like at a hundred percent five star territory yet specifically because i do think it like kind of drags after um Carmen turns into a vampire like around that area of time is when i was like okay where is this going um uh but overall i had a really really great time i really enjoyed how they like injected all this sort of history to it and um having like if you know you know moments but also having just like incredibly informative moments for people that had no clue about Pinochet and his regime so yeah overall four and a half stars for me um and that's the episode so no emails or voicemails today but if you'd like to send us an email or voicemail we'd love to hear your thoughts and you can send that over to real latinos at gmail.com that's r-e-e-l-l-a-t-i-n-o-s at gmail.com but we also have some reviews that we'd like to spotlight. Uh, one of them is from our dear friend, Kev. Kev, uh, on Letterboxd, is just Kev, K-E-V. Uh, he is the host of the Austin Danger podcast, incredible podcast that y'all should go check out. Uh, they cover all movies that are somehow, in some way, tied to the Austin, <laughs> Austin Powers universe. Um, but uh, Kev writes uh, in his Letterboxd review... As for me, I feel like I need to see all of this guy's other films and brush up on my Chilean history before I try to even begin to supply a take. I'll say that I kind of love the reveal, if you know you know. And I'm pretty sure, Kev, you're talking about good old Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher. So uh, thank you so much, Kev, for uh, posting that review. We love you very much. And then we'd also like to shout out Grugrex Dave's review for El Conde. Grugrex Dave, wonderful friend of the show uh if you remember he's the one that uh hosted the beautiful watch party that we had for last week's movie requiem for a heavyweight but uh Grugrex dave writes in for el conde with the following uh this was a wild and interesting historical fiction like no other had an almost barren munchausen feel to it any version i suppose uh, and Grugrex gives it three and a half stars thank you so much dave for this wonderful wonderful review uh, and if you'd like to hear your review read out on the show make sure to tag your letterbox review with the tag real latinos that's r-e-e-l-l-a-t-i-n-o-s you can put the space you can remove the space that's fine we'll check both tags so yeah but also dave's just kind of been on a roll dave's been watching so many of our movies recently um we just want to shout out that he's watched blue beetle la yuma la casa lobo Marimbas del Infierno, Stand and Deliver, La Bamba, Cronos, all this in the span of like 
Coco. A couple he days. Coco. He finally watched Coco, which is insane. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we love Dave, and Dave, uh, you really like this is the, this is why we do it, right? And like being able to share these sorts of movies with y'all, and we're really really appreciative, Dave, that you're like taking this journey with us nah. because it's a uh, you're, you're our familia. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. So, uh, Dave, we love you very much. Um, and that leaves us to talk about our next episode. So, um, Guti, do you want to do the honors and tell us what our next episode is going to be? Alrighty, yeah. So next week, next week is a big, big week. Uh, where you're going to have a special guest on. For this next episode, the next episode, the next movie we're going to be watching, the tagline on Letterbox says, changing the game one match at a time. Saul Armandariz, a gay amateur wrestler from El Paso, rises to international stardom after he creates the character Cassandro, the Liberace of Lucha Libre. In the process, he upends not just the macho wrestling world, but also his own life. So next week, with our special guests on the pod, we are going to be watching Cassandro, 2023, directed by Roger Ross Williams. And it stars a real Latino's favorite, Gael Garcia Bernal. Mm -hmm. Currently, well, not currently, well, yes, currently, as of the drop of this episode, I'm assuming it will be available to watch on Amazon Prime Video. So I'm 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 super excited to watch this film. Uh, like I've mentioned on the pod before, I did not grow up watching a lot of Lucha Libre, so Cassandro is kind of new for me, um, and I'm excited to kind of explore his story. And of course, I'm always excited to see our you know see our guy guy Garcia Bernal. I mean, doing his thing, absolutely doing his thing. Um, Bad Bunny's in this. Joaquin Cosillo is in this. El Hijo del Santo is in this. Insane. So I'm very, very excited. Uh, I will get into it, but yeah, Lucha Libre, I really like it. So, <laughs> um, so thank you, Guti, for um, uh, leading us there for our next episode. So, Guti, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, so you can find me at Finn Cinema Dreams. And like I mentioned last week's episode, I started a brand new Substack for, uh, you know, films covering classic Hollywood and, you know, classic Japanese cinema, Mexican cinema, et cetera, et cetera. And you can also find me on Substack at Finite Cinema Dreams. So if you're interested in that, give me a, give me a follow. Take a look at what I've got up there. New article this Friday, too. Fantastic. Ron, how about you? Where can people find you on the Internet? I'm on Letterboxd, letterboxd.com forward slash Ron Jimenez. And you can find me on Letterboxd with my initials IVM. That's I, V as in videos, M as in movies. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for yet another wonderful episode of Relatinos. Los queremos mucho. Nos vemos hasta la próxima y adiós. 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 Real Latinos is a podcast written, produced, and hosted by Christian Gutierrez, Ron Jimenez, and Ismael Villarreal. Mixed and edited by Ron Jimenez. Artwork provided by Lisbeth Jimenez, Ron Jimenez, and Ismael Villarreal. Original music provided by Toro Romata. Muchas gracias y hasta la próxima.